bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacy. Living Word with Pastor Mansa Otobi. And now, today's word. Well, uh, December is also the month of Christmas. And uh, as you know, uh, we, we spend time to celebrate Christmas in, in this church and to also focus our attention on the Lord Jesus Christ. And because Jesus is the focus of Christmas, uh, this month uh, we are focusing on him. Last week I started and I will continue this, uh, this week. Last week we considered Christ the bread of life. And today we focus on Christ, the light of the world. Christ, the light of the world. And as we consider Christmas and we think of all the lights uh, that people string out in their homes. I hope you have some lights in your home. Uh, and, and, And around the streets and in your shops. Remember when you see all those lights... That the reason we have the light is because Jesus is the light of the world. The light of the world has come uh, into our world. Our main text is from John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 12. John's Gospel, chapter 8, and verse number 12. And we read these words. Then Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. These words of Jesus Christ were spoken during the Feast of Tabernacles, that is what the Bible historians tell us, and it was spoken in the temple in Jerusalem around a place in the temple called the Treasury. And it is in this place that Jesus spoke uh, these words. Because if you look at uh, verse 20 of John chapter 18, it says, These words Jesus spoke in the Treasury as he taught in the temple. So Jesus uttered these words in the treasury of the temple. And the reason why this is important is that place that is called the treasury, that's where the offerings were taken to in the temple, had two massive gold stands or lampstands. And uh, the lampstands had lamps on them, a lot of lights. And during the Feast of Tabernacles, these two big lamps were set, uh, were lit uh, during or after the evening sacrifice. And it is said that when the lights were lit, uh, remember the temple was uh, on a hill, uh, it will literally brighten the whole of the city of Jerusalem. And the reason why they lit those lamps during the Feast of Tabernacles was to remember the light that God provided for Israel when they were in the wilderness. Because the Feast of Tabernacles uh, celebrates God leading Israel through uh, the wilderness. Remember, at that time they were living in tents and moving from place to place. And that's what the Feast of Tabernacles 
honest. And during that time, the Bible says there was a pillar of fire that led them. So in the Feast of Tabernacles, they will light up these lamps to show uh, the light of God that led them. It is against this background, Jesus standing there with those lights showing that Jesus says, I am the light of the world. In other words, it's great that you had the pillar of fire in the wilderness, but the true light has come to you and I am the light of the world. So this statement of Jesus uh, was very dramatically spoken uh, at the right time in the right context. So let's do a little definition of what light is and then what it represents and then we'll look at what darkness is and what it represents and then we'll take it from there. So let's define light. What is light? Generally speaking, light is illumination or brightness from an energy source. Light is always produced from some form of energy. It could be fire or it could be a chemical reaction, but there has to be some form of energy that produces the light. And whenever we see light, we always want to find out the source of the light. So if, for example, you are in your home and you see light somewhere, uh, someplace that is bright, you always want to go around and find where is the light coming from? Where is the light coming from? Because wherever there is a light, there is a source that is producing the light. Light doesn't produce itself. It is produced from a source. And uh, in on our planet... Uh, the major source of light on our planet, as you know, is the sun. And the sun shines and gives us light in the daytime. In the night, we imitate the sun by lighting up uh, our bulbs to, to light up our place. So light has a source. In the Bible, light is used to represent Several ideas, and I will just talk about three of them. First, light is used to represent goodness. When we say, uh, when we talk about light, we're talking about things that are good. Good works, doing the works of God. So light begins from God himself and his attributes. In the book of Genesis... Uh, that is one of the first things we see God introducing when he revealed himself. God said, let there be light. And there was light. So light has to do with God's work of goodness. Secondly, light has to do with life. Being connected to God. Having vitality, being energized. Bringing things to life. So normally when you read the Bible and you see references to light, there's something good is being talked about or life is being talked about. And thirdly, light has to do with knowledge. The ability to rightly appreciate God's works. 
Knowledge is not just having information. It is the ability to recognize God's work. The ability to be able to tell the difference between things. When God created the light, he saw that the light was different from the darkness and he separated them and named them differently. That is knowledge. The ability to distinguish between things. So, knowledge helps us to create distinctions. So, when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, these ideas would be implied in what he said. That means everything good from the world comes from me. He also says, if you want life, I am the life, because light is life. And I am the true source of knowledge. If you want to know the truth, I am the truth. So, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. But by saying that uh, he's the light of the world, Jesus also said that he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. In other words, Jesus as light is contrasted from darkness. It's different from darkness. He's not darkness, he's light. So what is darkness? Darkness is the absence of illumination. Darkness is basically the absence of light. Uh, Light has a source, but darkness has no source. Darkness only manifests when light is not there. So darkness is basically the absence of light. When light comes, darkness has to flee. When light is taken away, darkness occurs. Where does darkness come from? It has no source. So darkness is the absence of illumination. In the Bible, darkness refers to sinfulness. Sinfulness, doing evil works. Light is about godliness, doing the work of God. Darkness is sinfulness, doing evil works. Secondly, Darkness also is used to refer to death, loss of our being and our vitality, disconnection from God, uh, creates death. And that's darkness. And darkness is also used for ignorance, unable to appreciate the work of God. So, Jesus, the light of the world, he says, if you follow him, you will not walk in darkness. Darkness is in the world and following Jesus helps us not to walk in darkness. And the reason why Jesus says he's the light of the world and we must follow him is because our whole world lies in darkness. This whole world lies in darkness. Just as the whole earth was in darkness before God said, let there be light. Darkness is the natural state of the earth. If you leave the earth to itself, it will be dark. The only thing that makes the earth different is the presence of God 
who brings light. So when we live our lives naturally and do things as we want, it's in darkness. The only time there is a difference is when God comes on the scene. He brings light to our world. Our whole world lies in darkness. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 to 18. Ephesians 4, 17 to 18 says, This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, and because of the blindness of their heart. That description is a very, very unpalatable description. But it's describing the world as it is. Our world that seems so sophisticated lies in darkness. And there are four uh, manifestations of that darkness. The first one is alienation from God. Alienation from God. This is where darkness starts from when mankind is far away from God chooses to disobey God and to deny him and more and more we see in our world people willfully choosing to be alienated from God more and more we are seeing people who are pushing God away sadly sometimes even in the church God is being pushed away we have come to believe in men of God more than the God of the men. We believe in the word of our pastor more than the word of God. God is gradually being pushed away even from the church. Governments are pushing God away. They only use his name just for gaining some favor. But truly... There is alienation from God. The darkness of this world is alienation from God. When you go to the so-called developed world, so-called sophisticated societies who cannot deal with the virus, by the way. You go to Europe, you go to America, you go to all these countries, God is being pushed away. Go to China, go to Russia, God is being pushed away. The first form of darkness is when we push God away, we are alienated from him. That results in something that Ephesians talks about, it results in blindness of heart. When we turn away from God, we are unable to sense his presence. And we are unable to sense his presence so much so that if God stood in front of us, dressed in bright red, we wouldn't see him. If God showed up in the skies and said, hey, I'm God, we will still say, oh, it's a satellite. People say, oh, if God would do something, the whole world would believe. No, blindness of heart doesn't make you recognize things even when they are right in front of you. Doesn't it happen to us all the time? You say, oh, if, if, if you really do this, people will really believe in you. You do it and nobody believes. Because belief is a choice. Belief is a choice. 
And so when we have blindness of heart, God's hand will be at work, but we will deny it. We will give the glory to something else. We'll give it to science. We'll give it to the moon. We'll give it to somebody else. But blindness of heart doesn't make us recognize God. And our world lies in darkness. It is alienated from God. It is blind of heart. And the third thing that the passage talks about is darkened understanding. Darkened understanding is when we pervert knowledge. Instead of knowledge leading us to God, we are using knowledge to run away from God. It's amazing the kind of knowledge our world is developing. The technology, artificial intelligence. But if you watch each one of them, it is designed to take us away from God. The more knowledgeable the world is becoming, the more it is declaring independence from God. And that's why Jesus said, the whole world is in darkness. And he is the light. And darkened understanding leads to a fourth condition. Futility of mind. Futility of mind is when you think you are so smart but you are not. When you think you know everything but you don't. The other time in our home, we had some ants invade a part of our home. As happens, I think this, as we go into the dry season, the ants are looking for water. And unfortunately, we don't like them coming to our home looking for water. So my wife called me and drew my attention to the ants and, and said I should get rid of them. As wives always command their husbands to do. So she said I should get rid of them. So I decided to obey. I got a spray and I sprayed them. And whilst I was spraying the ants, my wife kept making sad sounds. Oh, oh, oh. So you asked me to kill them and I'm, I'm doing your, your, your bidding. The ants had no idea the difference between their world and my world and the powers at my disposal. There's somebody's grandfather, somebody's auntie, somebody's uncle. Somebody who just passes uh, exam. <laughs> Maybe somebody who just became a doctor, an ant doctor. I mean, they have their own life, which I don't understand. They're living their life peacefully looking for water. And I just take a spray and spray them. Then I took uh, a tissue and cleaned them out. And whilst I was doing that, a thought just struck me. And I asked myself, what if there is somewhere, a being somewhere who is like me and we are like ants to him? And he can also spray us. It was a very, very unnerving thought. All of a sudden, I kept thinking. Looking at the size of our planet Earth. In relation to our solar system. In relation to our galaxy. The Milky Way galaxy. The earth is like a speck of sand. 
And the Milky Way galaxy is supposed to be one in billions of galaxies. So really in the large scheme of the universe, we don't, we are not even ants. So can you imagine if there is somebody who created the whole universe and we stay on this planet earth and try to figure him out and because we say we can't see him, we don't believe in him. Those ants couldn't see me. But sure, when I sprayed them, they believed in me. Can you imagine people going to a laboratory to fix God? Using artificial intelligence to analyze God. Using telescopes. It's almost like those ants create a telescope. We want to see this big thing in our room. They actually think the room is theirs. They, they probably think I'm intruding in their room. But they are intruding in mine. The futility of the mind of the ant is the futility of our human mind when we look at everything and we say, there is no God. I don't believe in God. I don't think he exists. Oh yeah, he does. He does. One day he will spray. Because he is appointed a time to judge the whole world. But the futility of our mind is when we think we are so smart we can figure out God, but we have no idea what we are talking about. Because even in our most sophisticated mindset, we are like those ants in my house. And human beings, we are like that in God's house, in God's universe. But we are very proud and very arrogant in the futility of our minds. We don't need anybody. We can live our own lives. And then a tiny virus comes to tell us you can't live your own life. It's not even a big virus. I mean, if, Grant, what if the virus was big? This tiny thing. With all our signs and microscopes and, and, and all our developments and all the PhDs and all the research institutions can figure it out. Now we are half clothed with masks and still it doesn't strike us that there is some big guy somewhere that we have to be humble before and obey. Jesus says, he is the light of the world. And he's not just the light of the world. Jesus is the true light. John chapter 1 verse 6 to 9. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light. That all through him might believe. He was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light that gives light to every man Coming into this world. Jesus is the true light. He's brighter than the pillar of fire that led Israel through the wilderness. He's brighter than the lights that were lit on the day of, on, during the feast of tabernacles. And he's brighter than the noonday sun as the apostle Paul discovered. Jesus is the true light. Outside of him. Our knowledge is like that of an ant. As true light, what does Jesus do? 
four things and then I'm out. First, he dispels the powers of darkness. John chapter 1 verse 5. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. The word comprehend means resist or stop it. When the power of the light of God is manifested, darkness cannot stand it. Have you ever turned on light in your room and the darkness says, I'm not going? Has it ever happened? You enter your room and it's dark and you turn on the light and the darkness says, no, 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 I can't go, no. The moment the light comes, darkness has no other thing to do but to disappear. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not understand it, cannot resist it, cannot stop it. Every darkness in this world, every demon, every devil, every power, every satanic manifestation, when the light of Christ comes in, it has no other option but to disappear. The light is shining in your darkness and I don't know what darkness is around you. The darkness in your family, the darkness in your home, the darkness in your body. But turn on the light. And he will dispel the darkness. Jesus, the light of this world. Not only does he de- Spell the darkness. He delivers from the power of darkness. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. And conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. We are delivered from the power of darkness. I don't know whatever darkness is holding you now. Jesus is your deliverer. He comes and he sets you free. It may be a bad habit that is so strong. It held your father. It held your uncles. It held everybody in your family. But Jesus is the light of the world. And when he comes in, darkness loses its control. He delivers from the power of darkness. You know, We Africans, we are specialists in the fear of the power of darkness. (laughs) We specialize in it. We have, everybody has, we have a collective African PhD in the fear of the power of darkness. People say, hey, you have to be afraid. Oh, you have to be afraid. These things, hey, you can't tell. Oh, there are powers. Oh, there are powers. But there is a power greater than the all powers. His name is Jesus. He is the light of this world. You switch him on, darkness has to release its captives. He delivers from the power of darkness. I proclaim deliverance to you from every power of darkness, from every assignment of Satan in the name of Jesus. Not only does he deliver from the powers of darkness, he disseminates the knowledge of God. He disseminates, he spreads out the knowledge of God. He distributes the knowledge of God. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 6, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. When you are a true believer in Christ, there is a knowledge of God and a certainty you have that no unbeliever has. Do you remember when you got born again and you were wondering, So all this was there and I didn't know. It is the light of the knowledge 
of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. There is a knowledge in this world that is superior to every knowledge in every scientific journal. It is superior to every knowledge in every research center. It is superior to every PhD thesis. It is the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Because that knowledge is the true knowledge. It is not futility of mind. It is the knowledge of God. The knowledge of the awesome one. The creator of this universe. This magnificent entity that we can't even figure out. Because we are just like ants. But when his light comes, we get glimpses of him. We begin to have an awareness of him. And not only that, we are able to use his knowledge. And then we begin to see his power at work in us. We who are nothing become something. We who had no power become powerful. We who were down are lifted up. We who were not noble are used for noble things because of the dissemination of the knowledge of God. May you receive the light of the knowledge of God. Receive the light of the knowledge of God. Receive the light of the knowledge of God. And not only that, finally, he designates us as the light of the world. He calls us the light of the world. Not only is he light, he now says, because you are mine, you join me in being light. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. You will not be hidden because you are a city that is set on a hill. Jesus, the light of this world. So this Christmas, when you see those Christmas lights, they're not just decorations. They're telling us and reminding you, 2,000 years ago, God turned on the light for our world by stepping into our world in the form of a baby. 2,000 years ago, the light was switched on and the darkness was defeated The Satan was destroyed and we can walk in the light of the knowledge of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I don't know whatever darkness is trying to hold you. This morning, the light of God will set you free. Just lift up your hands to God and just say, Lord, fill me with your light. Ask him to fill you with his light. Ask him to fill you with his light. Ask him to fill your mind with his light. Your home with his light. Your marriage with his light. Your business with his light. Let your light, O God, shine into my life. Let your light, O God, dispel the darkness in my mind. The darkness in my body. The darkness in my relationships. Dispel it, O God. The darkness in my family. Jesus, light of the world. Just talk to him. Ask him to dispel every darkness. And ask him to fill you with the light of the knowledge of God. Not just scientific knowledge. Not just textbook knowledge. But the true knowledge of the king of the universe. The light of the knowledge 
of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, light of the world, thank you for coming to our world. Thank you for turning on the light. Thank you for stepping into our lives. And for everyone who has asked you today, Lord, dispel the darkness, deliver from darkness, disseminate the knowledge of God, the light of the knowledge. And thank you for making us the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, celebrate the Lord and give him praise. If you truly believe you are the light of the world, wherever you go, In this coming week, light will be there. Light will be there. And no demon can stand before you because you are a representative of the greatest light in the universe. Amen. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebi, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebi. Email autobill at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.